one of the things that makes nature so awesome right now is that while we have to practice social distancing with other people, we don't need to do that with nature and other living things. Welcome to Maine Environment Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. This episode features my conversation with Aislinn Sarnacki. She's an outdoor reporter and editor of the Act Out section of the Bangor Daily News, where she writes about outdoor recreation, wildlife, and conservation. Aislinn produces a one-minute adventure series where she documents the trails and waterways of Maine, and so far she's covered over 350 trails. First up in this conversation, you'll hear how Aislinn started her adventure series 10 years ago. I came in as a young reporter, and they looked at me and said, can you create video? And I had only done home videos. I did not go to school for videos or photography, but you know, you have to be versatile and pretend like you know what you're doing sometimes. So I said, sure, I'll create a series. And that's where my hiking series started. It's still going. So it's been a long time. So what was your pitch to your editors? We should do this. Here's why it matters. As a reporter, one of the toughest things with my job is that I need to come up with story ideas every week that fit my beat, the outdoors. And when they proposed that I create a video once a week as well, I sort of panicked because that's just one more thing you have to find a topic for. And so I thought probably the easiest way to go about it would be to make the video series a themed series so that I was doing pretty much the same thing every week. I didn't have to think about it as much. And then I thought, what do people enjoy doing but there's not a huge barrier to doing this. And hiking is one of those things where all you need is a pair of shoes and a water bottle. Obviously, there's other things that you might need if you're going on more difficult trails, but there's not a lot of barriers to hiking. And so I just went on a hike and produced a one-minute video, proposed it to them as, here's a one-minute hike. And they liked the idea. The videos got better, I think, over the years. And they told me I need to be in the videos because people want to know who's hiking and showing them the trail. So, <laughs> What was the first one-minute hike? It was Eagle Bluff in Clifton, which I still love, that little mountain. Um, it's also a rock climbing destination. It has a little trail to the top, and it was just one that I'd been on with my family. But I've learned so much about trails since I started this, because I don't think I knew what I was getting myself into. I figured I would run out of trails eventually, and I, and I haven't even come close. I've learned a lot throughout the series, including just how many trails there are in Maine. Yeah, well, because I was actually so interested in hearing more about this from you, because given that you've written for 10 years about the trails of Maine, and I think you've covered over 350, and you're saying that you haven't even really come close, you haven't scratched the surface of what's possible. Can you share some reflections on the vastness of outdoor opportunities in Maine? Yeah, I think the unique thing about Maine, but also what makes sometimes finding the opportunities difficult is there's so many different landowners in Maine and such a variety of conservation organizations that sometimes it's difficult for people to find things. But once you start to understand who owns land and who delivers these opportunities, then you start to realize just how many there are out there. And Maine is just such a huge state. So some places where I haven't been on a lot of trails that I would like to this coming summer, and I always have a long list of places I want to go, is over in western Maine, like Rangeley area, Bethel, also just going to northern Maine and checking out more of their trails. It's just such a huge state (laughs) that it takes a lot. Um, I remember I had Dabooli Public Lands on my list uh, as an absolutely gorgeous 
place where you could camp and hike and paddle. And I had that on my list for quite a few years. And it took me, I think it was like four hours to drive there. It's up in the heart of the North Woods in Maine. And I finally went there this past summer. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's never ending. And you have state-owned land, federal-owned land, gosh, over 80 land trusts in Maine that own property, the Maine Audubon, the Nature Conservancy. It just keeps going on and on and on. So it's pretty awesome. I've really loved your recent columns about exploring your backyard and the nature around you. And I feel like in the pandemic, lots of folks can probably really relate to that feeling of seeing the spaces around you in a different way. And can you sort of comment on some of the lessons that you've learned just in the past couple of weeks of paying attention to the nature that's quite literally where you are? I was interviewing a lady and we were talking about forest bathing, which is going out in the forest and and kind of just enjoying the trees and whatever catches your senses and using your senses and trying to stop thinking about all your worries um, is essentially forest bathing. And she was telling me, you know, one of the things that makes nature so awesome right now is that while we have to practice social distancing with other people, we don't need to do that with nature and other living things. So for instance, I've started keeping an eye on the birds around my house recently and seeing when they're coming back because spring's an awesome time to view wildlife anyway. This morning I saw that I had like five robins on my lawn. I noticed like the eastern phoebes are coming back and looking for a place to nest. Even small things. I went out and just did a walk where I was looking at lichens the other day. I don't know a lot about lichens, but they're really cool and alien looking. So you don't have to know how to identify something to really enjoy it either. It's amazing staying at home how many things I'm seeing that I never never see otherwise because I'm off at work. I do live in the woods, so that's really helpful. And I try to keep in mind when I write those columns that not everybody lives in the woods, but a lot of people in Maine do have at least a little patch of you know, wilderness nearby. Related to that idea of paying attention to what's around you, I'm curious when you're hiking on a trail for a column, what are some of the things that you try to pay attention to that you know that you might want to include in a column? I'm just curious what's going through your head as you're out on the trail. I record a lot with video and photos. I don't write down as many notes because if I want to remember a tree, I'll just take a photo of it. Then I'll describe it in my column later, perhaps. But It's funny because the way I document trails has changed as I've learned more about my viewers and readers. Initially, when I started the column, I thought it was going to be for my viewers would be people that were going to go hike the trail. So I wanted to show them the difficult parts of the trail, how to get to the trailhead, what the trailhead looked like, all the kind of just very practical aspects of the trail. And then I started getting emails from people that couldn't hike anymore and they were watching the videos because they wanted to see what a place looked like and they just really enjoyed the personality perhaps even goofing around and having fun and also they just wanted to see the beautiful landscape and maybe the wildlife that I came across. So then it started changing the way I documented trails because I realized if I get to a really beautiful spot it might not tell the hiker anything important that they need to know but I want to record that spot for the people that are sitting at home and maybe can't get out onto that trail. It's changed over the years as far as what I record. And also, you know, as I've learned more about wildlife, there are things I just didn't see before because I didn't know about it. So, you know, every time I go for a walk with like a naturalist or someone who knows more about a topic than I do, I learn something new and I see something, you know, I'll see later on like a certain type of mushroom or something like that that I never would have noticed before. I'm curious to know if you have any 
standout memories or maybe there are particular trails that have stood out because, you know, 350 is a lot of them. It's interesting because I really enjoy hiking alone and I have to a lot of times with my job just because I'll go during the week and I can't expect someone to go with me every single time. My husband does go with me often. My dog goes with me often. But it's funny because it's sometimes the hikes that I go on with family and friends that stick out to me the most, even though I hike, I enjoy hiking solo. So like one of my favorite mountains is Mount Abram or Mount Abraham um, over in Western Maine. And it's on the Appalachian Trail. It is an absolutely gorgeous mountain and has blueberries and a rock slide and it's very challenging. And I really enjoyed it. But I think the reason I enjoyed that hike so much is because I was with my mother. That really resonates with me. Some of my fondest memories too are just like the people that I hiked Katahdin with or, you know, the people that I went camping with. I guess I want to return back to this idea of this is a pandemic and it's such a different time for all of us. But something that I thought was so beautiful in one of your recent columns is that I think you said something like turning to nature during times of social distancing makes us feel or makes you feel less lonely. And thinking about the role of nature in your life right now during this moment, what might you say to someone else about just how this is helping you get through it? I think a lot of people do understand the positive effects of being outdoors. And a lot of people are turning to the outdoors and they don't have to be told why it's good for them. They just know it's good for them. And it's a wonderful thing that's happening because I think a lot more people are visiting trails than they ever have before. And they're getting out more than they ever have before. And hopefully that translates into a greater appreciation for these conserved spaces and nature in general and conservation and why it's important. But I do think there's a struggle right now as well, because so many people are getting out on the trails that some of the trails are pretty crowded. And some of the parking areas are pretty crowded. And people have asked me, what do I do about that? When I do visit local trails, I think it's important to go you could go really early in the morning, which helps because I think a lot of people don't get up early to spend time on the trails because it is really important to social distance right now. And if the parking area is full and overflowing, most land trusts are saying, please come back another time. And it can be really frustrating. So also going out with like a plan A, B, and C as far as where you want to go, keeping it close to home, because I think that's pretty important right now is, is not making these big trips where you're going to have to be stopping at the gas station a bunch of times. And also, you might want to go on a day that's not necessarily the sunniest, best, most ideal day ever. If you go on a rainy day, you'll probably have a trail all to yourself because everybody thinks the same. You know, they see the sun, they want to get out. One thing that I thought was valuable that I learned from um, trail maintainers is they were like, you know, usually they don't want you to step off trail because they don't want you to trample things. But this is the exception. Just step off the trail and give people space. This is getting back to something that you had said earlier. It's about, you know, the importance of conservation. And I'm curious, how do you articulate the importance of conservation in Maine? I think the more you're out and appreciate these places and learn to appreciate nature, the more you want to save it and conserve it for people to enjoy. And Maine has so many different types of beauty. People always ask me, like, what's your favorite place to go or your your favorite thing? But if you go to northern Maine, it's a completely different experience. And if you're on the coast in, you know, eastern Maine, the bold coast, the dramatic cliffs and the cobblestone beaches, then you go to southern Maine, you get some sandy beaches. You go into the western Maine mountains and you get these absolutely gorgeous mountains. So Maine has all these different types of habitats. And uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of organizations and the state that's doing a lot of great things to conserve these places and, and just make sure pockets 
are available here and there because um, it would be a shame to lose any of these beautiful spots. Hopefully with my job, I'm just showing people the beautiful places and then they can make their own decision about how they feel about it, if they want to give money or if they want to get involved, if they want to volunteer. I know a lot of these local land trusts right now, the population is aging as far as the people who are taking care of the trails, maintaining the trails, and they need younger people to step up. So I'm just, I'm hoping to be a part of that, uh, just personally. So it's up to each person how they want to get involved and if they're, if they're able to get involved. To conclude, are there particular places that you yourself just love to return to? It is a tough question, obviously, just because I've been to so many places, but I do pick favorites. <laughs> um, I love Baxter State Park because my family goes there every year. I just think it's a very special place because of the rules they have. I know sometimes people can get a little frustrated that they can't bring their dog or they can't play the radio at the campsite or whatever. But for me, going there every year, it's this little oasis and the old forest and beautiful mountains. And I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't change it to have my dog there. And I love hiking there. I love the ruggedness of the trails and the challenge. I'll do Catan every once in a while because I miss it and I love that mountain. But I also try to do the other trails in the park. So uh, I think it's over 200 miles of trails in Baxter State Park. So and tons of big mountains and, and then the, the easier trails as well. I live somewhat close to Acadia, so I do enjoy going there. I go there mostly in the shoulder seasons or in the winter. And because I live kind of close to Acadia, I also really, really enjoy going like super down East Maine, driving through the fishing villages, checking out the Bold Coast. And there's a lot of little preserves out there that are absolutely gorgeous. The mossiest places you've ever seen and uh, quiet beaches. And I find myself heading in that direction more often. All of us do have our favorites, um, and I'm sure maybe lots of folks do have secret places that they don't want to talk about. <laughs> People always ask me, like, please don't write about that place. It's my favorite place. And I'm like, well, you know, if they're going to take the effort to go there and drive there and make a day of it, then I think they deserve to see it. Thank you so much to Aislin Sarnacki for joining Frontline Voices. She's the author of three guidebooks on hiking trails, and you can read and watch her work at bangordailynews.com act-out. Thank you for listening to our show. You can subscribe and listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Thanks again.